Have you ever wanted to play in a campaign similar to the Knocked Prone Dead season where you are in a realm filled with spirits? If yes, then I have the perfect product for you. Explore the realm beyond the veil with the Book of Spirits, an ethereal 5e supplement on Kickstarter now. This supplement is inspired by legendary titles like Dragon Age and Stormlight Archive. The Book of Spirits is a source book that expands your world with a new realm of magic. With over 50 spirit creatures, 7 brand new subclasses, an entirely new class, and tons of encounters and resources for you to run a game in the spirit realm. Follow the link in the episode description where you can find this 200 plus page book with illustrated encounter maps, incredibly detailed miniatures, and an entire original soundtrack to immerse your players in this mystical adventure. Back the Book of Spirits today on Kickstarter. Oh, oh, oh boy, I'm not ready for this. A loud voice booms over what was the battlefield as it has all subsided. The final blow was struck, the Lich has been slain, and the champions of Greyhaven cheer as tears rain. The day is theirs and ours, for the evil is quelled, and the land of Greyhaven is finally made well. Thank you. (laughs) It's time that we thank all of our heroes. We have Selene, Ephemia, Grom, Zag, Avalar, the Azimars, the Turtles and Kobolds, the Veiled Grin, the Dwarves of Brigaroon. Today, with all of our powers combined, we have defeated this dark, evil plot that is brewing for quite some time. But what shall you do with yourself now, champions? The, like, voice changes, like, All right, now time for just our Patreon listeners. <laughs> Let's, uh, <laughs> let me cast my 10th level spell and whatnot to, uh, speak to, uh, the creators of this realm. Magic sounds. Shall we do it all together? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh uh, All right, everyone do your best. Go, voice. <laughs> magic sounds. Magic sounds. Magic sounds. All right. I like how for anybody listening, they should know that we kept thinking like, we'll do a talk pro next episode because it just doesn't feel right yet. There's too much unresolved. Well, next episode and then then next episode as the battle and the final finale just builds and builds and builds. But we're so glad to be able to have one now after that incredible last episode. I'm still even not sure where to start. I think I'm going to pivot back to like all the diving into the goop little little me moment just talking about. I feel like the goop made all the like falls and deaths so much more intense because it wasn't just like you walk over five feet and revive people, but everybody having to like physically dive into like the dangerous depths below made for a really good scene. Favorite parts of the battle standout moments. Killing blow to Vecna, which was beautifully prepared by Grom for only having a single hit point, but obviously that's fun. (laughs) I want there to be like a little animation of the like final blow, like stabbing in and the sword like shattering Shattering. inside the core. I know, I know. That would be awesome. Whoever does fan art. Yeah, animation fan art. (laughs) I'm kind of imagining like the sword 
piece still like inside the core as like shrapnel and pieces just fly off to the side as Celine's left with just the hilt. I'll go next. Uh, I liked, uh, I think it was throwing you out of the goop. <laughs> that was uh, lovely. So that was because awesome. it was purely a Grom moment. That was not Mason thinking like, okay, what is he going to do next? It wasn't what is he- tactful. It, yeah, it was just like, <laughs> Grom is pissed and he's throwing what he can. Like, and it, it just so happened to be Zag. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, I thought it was funny, but also like ended up working out, ended up giving you a cool moment, ended yeah. up giving Ephemia a cool moment. It, it worked out. I know, well... I'm torn between two. Obviously, the fact that pulling the cards actually worked out. I mean, come on. That that was nuts. We all watched. Cade used a random generator. There was no influence there of like, let's make this a good podcast. No. Mm -hmm. Cade wanted Bavimia dead. (laughs) (laughs) Since episode one. Like, Cade was not trying to allow that to happen. Yeah, if we're talking about wanting a Femia dead, Brian's made of darkness. Yeah, he's trying yeah. over and over. No, but I, I go down the list. The fact, the fact that that worked, I feel like that is such a full circle thing because all campaigns, Zag has done dumb things that, for the most part, Ephemia has had an issue with. And full circle, Zag's dumb thing actually brought her back. And Ephemia so cool. gave everybody a hug, which was uh, also yes. how <laughs> sad would it have been if she died and that arc was not completed. That's, what, that's <laughs> half the reason I was like, I'm going to pull these freaking cards. Because I was like, if anybody needs to settle their arc, it is Marissa. Yeah. I was like, I am going yeah. to, I am not going to let this Truth. go. Zag wouldn't let this go. But yeah, that tied with Cade. Awesome job yeah. on the Seriously. thorn hands. Well, yeah. I mean, on everything, but the fact that like that whole thing, how you flavored that with like Thorn helping Zag complete like his final mission. Oh, dude, so cool. At least for me, I was just ah, that was so cool. I think my character death was cool. That's cool. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> Sorry. I think for me, just like hearing how everyone was taking their hits, and we were all just doing so many different things at the same time, but also. The emotion behind that episode, that was much more hardcore than I (laughs) expected. The characters all trying so hard to keep each other alive while still trying to take down this big bad. That was a lot. That was a lot. But I think um, it was really fun to see how everyone played it out. Yeah, I agree. Especially like as things started coming down to the line and like trying to make those last minute decisions and just trying to add like a big thing just as like a viewer is like all the little flavor stuff it wasn't as much because like normally you know you're you're playing D&D you're trying to think of like special little flavor to explain what your character is doing give them a little pizzazz but in, in this one it did feel more like the things you guys were doing came not just from trying to add a little bit but actually what you knew your character wanted like that it wouldn't feel right if you didn't add those little bits and so it was great to see just how invested you guys were in your character and how how important it was to you guys to get those little bits of extra info across of how they're feeling what they're trying to do i want to know your favorite part i think you should answer every question you ask today just as much as us oh shoot whose moment was your favorite danny (laughs) 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 <laughs> just, just like the imagery and the buildup of it, I do think it is the final blow. 
as I was kind of saying before, I do think the final blow is really good. If I had to pick a number two, everything with the with the goop, as I was saying before, like the characters diving in to heal each other, Grom throwing him out. What was one of the biggest detrimental things you guys were dealing with also made such, just like made every little moment and movement so significant. Very fantastic. I mean, but obviously my favorite part was the, uh, the cameo for Kobo's Motoboto of songs, <laughs> stories, that and salutations. That afloat. Yeah. And that was <laughs> yeah. the only thing that stayed afloat. Everybody else got thrown. <laughs> yeah. Where does everybody see their characters in, let's say, three years? Give me like a scene you imagine will be their life. I have it. I got it. I am living out my life with Finch in Etho Summit, attempting to live the most boring life <laughs> I possibly can. I had enough adventuring for to, to last a lifetime, and I want my biggest worry to be a silly little garden in my backyard, and that's that's where I'm at three years from now. <laughs> Classy. Ephemia, three years from now, draw me a scene. I think Ephemia at first is going to also go back home for a little while and just try to spend time with her mom. But I also think after running around so much, she would feel cooped up in one small space because that was where you know like a place where she was naive a place where she didn't really have much behind her and now she knows a lot about the world and she's learned a lot and she has friends to visit so i just imagined her taking turns couch hopping at people's houses and just going to visit everyone here and there and still making time obviously for her mom and but also Cassidy's there her mom's fine Femi obviously still spends a lot of time at home um and I picture she's dating again like she's she's trying out the field she wants what Finch and Celine have (laughs) but not with Finch or anyone like him She went on a date with Dale. It was really weird. (laughs) (laughs) She tried that one. And he kept on just trying to make her like different coffees. And also he talked about his dad a lot. He's coming back. And yeah, I know. And then he like at the end kind of slips in like, hey, can you fix my dad? And it's like, Dale, no, (laughs) I told you this. So he came with some serious baggage. Yeah, it was a little too much. So she was not feeling it. So yeah, she's she's still got some people to try around. You know, she's hitting the field. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) While you're couch surfing, you got to test out the flavor of each town, you know? Yeah. All right, Grom. Grom would probably take working to rebuild Great Haven. Having Lilith Flame Pike be the center of that again, remembering her service in stopping a previous catastrophe, as well as dedicating and building Dark Haven, um, essentially taking refugees from Great Haven, people whose houses were destroyed, things like that, um, or people who just wanted to move away from the bad memories of the city, offering them another area to, to live and uh, make their lives and dedicating that city in particular to the heroes of uh, Greyhaven. Personally, um, he'd be spending a lot of time with his mom. I think that his mom would be probably one of the leaders in Darkhaven just because of her experience. Um, And uh, he himself, while probably like decently, like all right, well known, like he got a following, I think he'd still just be going to like dirt pubs and Drinking, fighting, having a good time, always on the hunt for whatever next challenge there would be. And of course, as Ephemia said, or as Marissa said, uh, making time for his friends, 
checking in and seeing how the people of, sorry, the ASMR people are doing, as well as making sure that Zag's security is up to par. Um, <laughs> and yeah, seeing Ephemia whenever she, she drops in, so. And Zag. So I think Zag would, would obviously be kind of like everybody else, invested in rebuilding Greyhaven to an extent before leaving, feeling just, you know, obligated to try and help and would want to leave people in that place before going back to Avalar and taking over as king. I think, in my mind, he would have a lot of advisors, a lot of <laughs> a lot of help. He would know that he needs help. He's not that guy that's going to go back there and think like he's going to fix everything. He's going to need a lot of help. And I think he's going to be that friend that is constantly calling his friends, Grom, Ophemia, and Celine, for advice and for help on how he should be doing things. I think going back to knowing what little we knew about Avalar and how Yorland, his father, had run it. You know, just like a full shake-up of everything. Like, it's no longer a, you know, it's more of a democratic society and people have more of a say. I think he would... I, <laughs> I like the idea of him being really invested in, like, building schools and educating people and him himself um, attending K-8. through Getting <laughs> <laughs> the education to, to regain those two intelligence points he lost in the yes. final battle. Athenia will buy him workbooks yeah, to try I, to help I, him. I, I really do think, like, not even jokingly, I think Zag would be, in, like, interested in developing, you know, education and himself being knowing, because I don't think Zag's ever been one. He knows he's not the smartest person in the room. And I think he would be really invested in making sure that he gave people the opportunity to get that, as well as him himself being fully aware that he needs it and attending with no no hesitation. He'd sit right next to the kids. He'd be invested in building the schools because he himself wants to go to them. And just building like a really a, a happy society, a democratic society, something more more positive than Avalar had been for years and years and years. And again, just making time for his friends, going on a cruise with snuffs. So I, I think that would definitely happen. Talked about too much not to. Zach doesn't let go of a promise. And I think he would also not only dedicate a, the main square of town, he would erect a statue of Grom like he had promised. But throughout town, you would see murals and statues of all of the champions of Greyhaven to celebrate their accomplishments and hope to inspire other people in his society of what could be done. You don't have to be the biggest, the bravest, or the smartest, but you can make a difference. I love how everyone's like running a different section of group of people, and then Ephemia's like, "Sub guys, yeah. <laughs> got my mom here." <laughs> and Zag, Zag is continually trying to convince Ephemia to stay and help because he is not doing well. <laughs> He's very stressed. <laughs> These workbooks, the letters are upside down. I think I don't read good. I don't get it. All the words in this book are upside down. Print <laughs> <laughs> it this way. <laughs> She does a lot of, like, homework FaceTimes over Wizard. her sending yeah. stuff with Zach. I actually love that. If, if oh Ophelia was, like, privately tutoring him so he could keep up with the kids in, in class. <laughs> That's so That's cute. What she does in her evenings. Just FaceTime Zag, walk him through the books. <laughs> Double-digit division? <laughs> Are you kidding me? You got this! <laughs> when am I ever going to need this? I don't know, but you will! <laughs> Dale, hire an accountant! <laughs> I just imagine Dale saying hi in the back of the phone call. Like, like, yeah. Like, hey. Is that a femia? <laughs> no! <laughs> She'll call you! <laughs> Her phone broke! 
Okay. Isn't so she on the phone with you? No. <laughs> um, can I add one addendum to what I said? Um, rather than uh, necessarily drinking in dirt pubs, I think that he would take an interest in rebuilding Inferior um, and kind of overseeing the Punchbowl Arena and just enjoying a simple life of kind of just owning his own inn and uh, enjoying the fights. I would also like to make one more note. I think one thing that would also be important to Ephemia is making sure all of our family members' bodies that got stuck in Inferior oh, yeah. <laughs> were yeah, we pro- given a proper burial again yes. after that. Because, you know, her dad didn't even go here. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One more thing, sorry. I know I feel like I'm taking all this time. Um, I also feel like, especially with that last moment with Thorn actually coming together and doing something, like, good... Um, Zag would make it a priority to try and make Thorn's life better. Not as like his subservient, but his equal. He knows that bringing Thorn back from that form with his family history and everything is not not a good idea, but I think he would be trying to make and, and would be cognizant of, of Thorn more rather than just being like, hey, it's my little bro who does what I want. More just like asking Thorn as he's making decisions like trying to get Thorn's opinion and trying to just make Thorn's quality of life improved where he's in that kind of terrible I mean honestly terrible place to be <laughs> attached to somebody's being somebody's shadow forever so I think he would be trying to make make Thorn's existence enjoyable Kobo's future as he forms a council between the uh, the Kobolds and the Froggy boys. Bullywogs. Bullywogs. Froggy boys. Come on, only knows the Froggy boys. makes a council between the Kobolds and the Bullywogs, and they become self governing. Kobo decides to take to the sea and becomes, uh, you know, what, when he's strong enough, he casts a permanent polymorph. What is that called? I think it's just, oh, true polymorph. And becomes a crab of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. And lives out his days. Wow. I like it. Just scuttling along. Wow. Happy as can be. And Kelric goes on to uh, to win Satyr's Got Talent. Yeah. <laughs> and, and later becomes the host of uh, Dancing with the Goat. <laughs> <laughs> I know who Ephemia would go on a date with. Bodega. 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 I I like that. That's good. Oh, heck yeah. All righty. I mean, and unless you guys got something else to add, I think that is a good wrap up point. And the magic is waning. The magic is basically all gone. We tried to extend it as long as we could, but the magic sounds, magic sounds, time measured by rounds. Magic sounds, magic sounds, new places to be found. Magic sounds, magic sounds, characters go down. These pictures are painted with voices and sound. Alrighty, thanks for joining Talk Prone with your Seder Prone to Talking. This is Kelrick Bigfur, signing off. <laughs>